MSW Media. Thanks to Thuma for supporting The Daily Beans. Create that feeling of checking into your favorite boutique hotel at home with The Bed by Thuma. Go to thuma.co slash beans and use code beans to receive a $25 credit towards your purchase of The Bed, plus free shipping in the continental U.S. And thanks to Aura Frames for supporting The Daily Beans. Aura Frames makes digital picture frames designed to easily fill your home with photos of family and friends shared instantly from an app. From now until Father's Day, save on the perfect gift and get up to $20 off your order while supplies last by going to AuraFrames.com and use promo code DAILYBEANS. Hello and welcome to the Daily Beans for Thursday, June 16th, 2022. Today, Barry Loudermilk continues to obfuscate the tour he gave as video evidence is released that the group was taking photos of tunnels and staircases, and at least one of them marched on the Capitol the next day. Trump-appointed Judge Trevor McFadden finds the Seafreeds guilty of obstructing an official proceeding and four other counts in a bench trial. Bannon's motion to dismiss his criminal contempt of charge is shoved back up his butt. And the Buffalo shooting suspect has been hit with 26 federal hate crimes charges by Merrick Garland. And finally, a South Florida synagogue sues over the state's 15-week abortion ban. I'm Allison Gill. And I'm Dana Goldberg. Put that thing back into your butt. That's what they said to, to Bannon <laughs> I think that today. is. I'm, I like when you sing that. I don't want to even think about Bannon's nasty, unwashed butt, but thank you. His, his face is probably uh, worse. Uh, what was that old dad joke? I've got a match. Do you have a match? Yeah. <laughs> your face in my butt. Okay. So today we're going to be talking to Adam Klasfeld from Law and Crime. He's the managing editor there. We're going to talk about this louder milk stuff. I'm going to cover it in the hot notes too. We have a big show. This show you're listening to is as, you know, that the same day that the next hearing is happening on Capitol Hill. Hopefully I will be in that hearing and listening to it. We shall see. If all goes well, I'll be in it. All right. So, Dana, we have a lot to get to. So let's hit the hot notes. Hot notes. All right, Ron Burgundy's right testicle, Barry Loudermilk, just can't catch a break. Today, the January 6th committee posted photos and video footage of some of the family of constituents that Loudermilk gave a January 5th tour to in the Cannon Building, showing people with MAGA hats and Hitler haircuts, snapping photos of tunnel entrances, office locations, stairwells, and security screening posts. But that's not all. From Hugo Lowell at The Guardian, about 24 hours before the attack on the Capitol, that's uh, louder milk, led an unofficial tour through the House office buildings, passing by the security checkpoints located at the entrances to the tunnels leading to the Capitol building. The tour included a man who took photos of the tunnel entrances and the U.S. Capitol police checkpoints and then joined thousands of Donald Trump supporters the following day to march on the Capitol from the ellipse. That person's activity was captured on security cameras and turned over to the House Select Committee investigating the insurrection. The panel made the footage publicly available on Wednesday in a letter demanding cooperation in its inquiry from Loudermilk. I love that they gave him a chance to, like, lie about it and then hit him with the video evidence. I do, too. I feel like that was like the questioning of Margie Taylor Greene when he was like, did you say blah, blah, blah? And she's like, I did not. He's like, well, let's bring up the tweet. (laughs) She's like, oh, wait, 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 wait. Oh, that. That key. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so this footage showing the man and others stopping to photograph the tunnels and checkpoints bolsters the allegation from Democrats that the tour amounted to a reconnaissance event. 
It also cast doubt on Loudermilk's previous denials that he led a tour connected in any way to January 6th. Loudermilk even first denied that he led a tour at all. Then he said he only gave a tour to families with some kids. Then it was a tour with his family and the guests. Then it was about 15 people. (laughs) Like, it just evolved. Over the last year in the video evidence additionally challenged the recent letter from the U.S. Capitol Police Chief Tom Manger, sort of, who informed Loudermilk that we train our officers in being alert for people conducting surveillance. We do not consider any of the activities we observed as suspicious. Although it's important to note that at the time you didn't know there was going to be an attack on the Capitol. So, the you know, taking photos in hallways and stuff might not have seemed suspicious. But giving a tour when everything was shut down during COVID by a congressperson himself to not a VIP megadonor is weird. The tour was notable, as he says, because officially tours were banned during that time. But members of Congress tend to bend the rules as they see fit. Hugo says, for instance, two sources familiar with the matter said a member wanting to give a tour could have given one name to the appointment desk and had an entire group let in. Yesterday, when major media outlets were calling the tour a nothing burger after a guy from the Capitol Police, that guy issued his letter saying that, you know, everything's normal. I didn't think so. Here's what I had to say about it yesterday. Let's listen to this clip. And while they were in the Cannon Building and not the Capitol Building itself, it's important to note that there are tunnels that connect them. And they did see those tunnels. They just didn't go through them. And also, the you know, you remember the 1776 returns document that was found on Enrique Tarrio? Yes. That was about occupying all kinds of buildings in the Capitol complex, including the Cannon Building. And so, you know, I mean... There, you know, just whatever, you know, make take take of it as you will, because I, I personally still want more answers. Uh, Rep. Pete Aguilar, a member of the panel, told reporters Tuesday he wanted a full security footage to be aired at some point. He thought certain Republicans distinction between entering the Capitol itself versus its office buildings wasn't a meaningful difference. He says, I'm sorry if I don't distinguish between the two because those rioters tried to get in every corner of these buildings. So the milk tour was cleared into a house office building. By a staffer, the select committee said in a letter, and the group would probably have been registered as an official visit to Loudermilk's office, but took the, quote, scenic route on the way in or out, the sources say. The source spoke on the condition of anonymity to discuss how the group might have been authorized to be in the complex. They added it was possible that the names of the entire group were never recorded, but if they were, they would be in possession of the House Sergeant at Arms. Remember, that guy got fired. Member-led tours, including the Capitol Dome and to the Capitol Dome, which then Congresswoman-elect Lauren Boebert managed on 12 December 2020, have since returned to the Capitol, though the procedure is more stringent and visitors must be submitted and vetted in advance. It's of note that Boebert tweeted, today is 1776 on the day of the Capitol attack, and a document called 1776 Returns was found on Enrique Tarrio when he was arrested, and that document was released in full today in a federal defense court filing as an addendum in Rail, Zachary Rail's hearing. He's a proud boy. Loudermilk has defended his tour, saying he didn't even give a tour, like I said, but The 1776 returns document shows the Winter Palace plan, which included occupying a list of, quote, targeted buildings with 50 patriots to draw security away from the Capitol that day and to make their demands of the government. The list of targeted buildings includes the Cannon House, the Longworth House and the Rayburn House, all of which Loudermilk was in that day. Additionally, part of the 1776 returns plan included, quote, set appointments on January 5th with representatives in buildings to be let in with the goal of occupying those buildings. Uh, But wait, there's more. 
There is. Yeah, let's get back to Hugo's story. Dana? Yes, there is more, AG. According to the select committee, Loudermilk led an hours-long tour for approximately 10 people around the Rayburn Cannon and Longworth House office buildings, as well as the tunnels leading from Rayburn and Longworth to the Capitol building itself. This is a quote. Individuals on the tour photographed and recorded areas of the complex not typically of interest to tourists. This is the panel. That's from Benny Thompson. He wrote that in a letter to Loudermilk. To Loudermilk, saying, this looks sketchy as fuck. (laughs) Do you think they broke the law? It's time to play sketch or nah. Went on to say the January 5th, 2021 tour raises concerns about their activity and intent. So the select committee added that it had learned that some of the people on Loudermilk's tour, they attended the Save America rally. That's when that took place at the Ellipse, as we know, on the morning of January 6th, where Donald spoke and urged his supporters to march to the Capitol. Now, citing additional video clips obtained in its investigation, the panel said the man that took a photograph of a staircase in Longworth, located next to a hallway leading to one of the tunnels, joined the march to the Capitol and threatened members of Congress. The whole thing was caught on video because he recorded the fucking thing. (laughs) Quote, there's no escape Pelosi, Schumer, Nadler. The man said as the Capitol was being breached, the video shows. It's his voice. And he went on to say, they're coming in, coming in like white on rice, Pelosi, Nadler, even you, AOC, we're coming to take you out and pull you out by your hairs. Hairs. Yeah. So the man who took photos of tunnels leading to the Capitol on GOP rep Barry Loudermilk's tour, that specific tour, the day before the Capitol attack, he appears to have arrived in D.C. on January 4th on a Keep America Great bus. The man appears to have gotten on one of the Keep America Great buses around 7.20 a.m., that's Eastern Time, stopped in Columbia, South Carolina around 11.30. Now, he was in Cannon Rotunda on January 5th around 1 p.m. Eastern Time, and that's per his Facebook Live of the tour. I'm telling you, he Facebook Live this shit while he was threatening people in the Congress. Yeah, yep. He's a sure smart did. fella, real smart mm-hmm. fella. Mm-hmm. And a reminder in the superseding indictment against the Proud Boys for seditious conspiracy, The Department of Justice notes a conversation between Tario and Person One, who we now know to be Jeremy Bertino, and they mentioned the Winter Palace, which is a direct reference to the 1776 Returns plan, meaning that the plan was still in place and hadn't been abandoned that day. When Bertino texted 1776 motherfuckers, Tario responded, the Winter Palace. In other 1-6 news, father and son Seafried have been found guilty on five counts, including obstructing an official proceeding by Trevor McFadden in a bench trial. This is the guy who had acquitted the others of charges, including obstructing an official proceeding in the Capitol attack, but not this time. Maybe it was Officer Goodman's testimony that swayed him. And, uh, you know, a lot of these insurrectionists are asking for bench trials because they found out Trevor McFadden was going easy on people, but not today. Now, uh, Bannon, by the way, here's some more news about Bannon. His motion to dismiss the contempt charges against him have been denied. That motion has been denied, allowing the July 18th trial to go forward as planned. That was Judge Nichols, another Trump appointee. And one of the 12 judges that decided obstructing an official proceeding couldn't be used in capital attack cases. So these are like not the best judges, but making the right choices. It's so obvious. They're not the best judges of character. What? Me? What? In other DOJ news, a month after the massacre at Buffalo, the Buffalo supermarket tops left 10 black residents dead. Federal prosecutors charged the accused gunman with 26 counts of hate crimes and weapons violations on Wednesday. Good. Some of the federal charges would carry the death penalty if the Justice Department decided to seek it, though there is currently a moratorium on federal executions. The criminal complaint, which contained new details about the suspect's racist hatred 
and his commitment to planning an attack that would kill as many black people as possible. This came as Attorney General Merrick Garland traveled to Buffalo on Wednesday to visit the site and to tell the families personally that he was bringing the charges. In a news conference on Wednesday, Garland did not rule out seeking the death penalty in the case. He said, quote, the Justice Department has a series of procedures it follows, he said, adding the families and the survivors would be consulted. So that's those are the typical answers we would expect to hear from Merrick Garland. But the, he is bringing 26 federal hate crimes charges and weapons violations. Good. Thank you so much, A.G. And now I feel like this is a good news story at the end of this block. Mm-hmm. And you'll see why. A South Florida Jewish congregation, they have challenged a new state law that blocks abortion after 15 weeks of pregnancy contending the measure violates privacy and religious freedom rights. What? The lawsuit, I know, filed Friday in Leon County Circuit Court by Congregation Lador Vador, seeks to block the law from taking effect July 1st. Abortion clinics also filed a lawsuit this month in Leon County, challenging the constitutionality of the restriction. Both cases include allegations that the law, signed by Governor DeSantis, in April, violates a privacy right in the Florida Constitution that has long played a pivotal role in abortion cases in the state. But the lawsuit filed Friday by the Boynton Beach Congregation also contends the law violates religious freedom rights. Mm. This is a quote. Yes, for Jews, all life is precious, and thus the decision to bring new life into the world is not taken lightly or determined by state fiat. The lawsuit said, went on to say, in Jewish law, abortion is required, if necessary, to protect the health mental or physical well-being of the woman, or for many other reasons not permitted under the act, now which is the new law. As such, the act prohibits Jewish women from practicing their faith free of government intrusion and thus violates their privacy rights and religious freedom. Ooh, originalists are going to have a hard time with this one. Yep, this is so smart. This is so smart. The lawsuit also said congregation members and other people who, quote, do not share the religious views reflected in the act will suffer irreparable harm by having their religious freedom under the Florida Constitution violated. Went on to say this failure to maintain the separation of church and state, like so many other laws in other lands throughout history, threatens the Jewish family and thus also threatens the Jewish people by imposing the laws of other religions upon Jews. I love this. That's again from the lawsuit. The 15-week abortion limit was one of the most controversial issues of this year's legislative session and came as the U.S. Supreme Court considers the constitutionality of a similar Mississippi law. And as we know, a leaked draft opinion in the Supreme Court case, and they basically indicated justices would overturn Roe v. Wade. And that's what they were planning on doing. This is so smart because these are also justices. Amy Coney Barrett, Kavanaugh, the other fucks that believe in religious freedom. They they, yeah. they do. So this is a really good lawsuit that just got brought. I, mm-hmm. I believe, I think it's got a lot of legs. Yeah. Uh, and uh, I think it's one that Ellie brought up, Ellie Mistal brought up in his three test cases piece where we had him on recently to talk about that. He wrote that in The Nation. Also talked about um, cruel and unusual punishment, Eighth Amendment. Now it looks like they're suing under the Florida Constitution, and not the U.S. Constitution, but you know we'll see how that pans out and what they what they're basing this on. And that would even be another kind of a smart way to go to be like, well, states, you know, states' rights, you know, that whole argument about why you know we'll just let the states decide, right? Yeah, hundred um, percent. And and then you don't even have to get into enumerated rights of the U.S. Constitution. Very very interesting lawsuit. I'll be watching this very closely because I really am interested to see. The kinds of backbending. Oh, yeah. 
and how if they make the what we would consider the wrong decision in this lawsuit, what that would say about previous decisions they've made in bake shop issues and Hobby Lobby and, you know, other religious freedom bullshit decisions. All right. Yeah. We will be right back. We're going to talk to Adam Klasfeld, managing editor at Long Crime. We're going to talk a little bit more about louder milk. So stick around. We'll be right back. After these messages, we'll be right back. Hey, everyone, if you're like me and you're last minute shopping for Father's Day, uh, I know what you should get. Aura Frames makes digital picture frames designed to fill your home with photos of family and friends shared instantly from an app that you can invite anybody to. With an Aura digital frame, get your dad a gift that's as thoughtful as it is effortless to set up and use. You can instantly frame photos from any device anywhere, and you can invite the whole family in on the fun through the Aura app. You can even preload photos on it and add a personal video message that will display as soon as dad connects his frame. There is free unlimited storage. You can add as many photos and videos as you like and invite as many people as you want to the frame. Meticulously calibrated for color and brightness, their state-of-the-art displays eliminate screen fatigue, and they ensure your photos look like the real deal. It's fun. It's cool. Dads will love it. And you can, like I said, invite anyone in and send in pictures as you want. Every frame comes in a beautiful gift-ready box. You can share 10,000-plus photos and videos worry-free, no storage limit. Easily invite family and friends with the Aura app. No memory cards, no hidden fees, no subscriptions, nothing. I picked out the new Carver Luxe landscape frame. I love it. It's beautiful. It's simple. It fits my, my mid-mod design. Has a great modernist feel to it. It fits in. I love it. And uh, it even intuitively displays related photos side by side. Bam. I love that. It's the best. Aura Frames was named the number one digital frame by Wirecutter and The Strategist. It's guaranteed to make Dad smile this Father's Day. And from now until Father's Day, save on the perfect gift and get up to $20 off while supplies last by going to AuraFrames.com and using the code DAILYBEANS. That's up to $20 off while supplies last by going to A-U-R-A-Frames.com and using code DAILYBEANS, all one word at checkout. Terms and conditions apply. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. Happy today to be joined by the host of the Objections podcast and uh, editor-at-large from Law & Crime, Adam Klasfeld. Adam, hello. Hi. How are you doing, Allison? Oh, I am trying to wade through all of the breaking news. <laughs> it never relents. Especially... The breaking news concerned with Rep. Barry Loudermilk's tours of the Capitol on, on jail. Sorry, I'm sorry. He didn't give any tours, but then <laughs> uh, he did to a family and then a family with guests and then a group of 15 people. And now there's video out. Right. And it seems like the committee was like, no, we, we know what you did and, and gave him a chance to object and then threw the evidence right right in his face. And you just put out a piece for Long Crime. It's called January 6th Committee Releases Footage of Tour Led by Georgia Republican Day Before the Attack on the U.S. Capitol. I recommend everybody check it out in Long Crime by Adam. Tell us what, wh where are we so far? I mean, and, and I, I have a feeling we're not at the end. <laughs> so it has been a, basically a whirlwind series of events because just yesterday, Barry Loudermilk and the committee that he stood on, the Committee on House Administration, had somewhat triumphantly released a Capitol Police report that they claimed had cleared him. Uh, essentially, the Capitol Police chief said that they noticed nothing suspicious in the surveillance footage that they reviewed. And I remember at the time, I asked the committee for comment, the January 6th committee, I mean, at this time, and didn't receive a reply. Does this allay your concerns now that the Capitol Police have spoken on this issue? 
And they basically withheld comment to the press at this time. And then a day later, released a, uh, as you stated earlier, some very explosive footage, including both surveillance footage from the tour and footage that happened a day later at the march to the Capitol by one of the people who was on that tour and basically reiterated that they want Loudermilk's cooperation. They want essentially uh, what they say are discrepancies between his story, which was initially that there was no tour. Well, all of a sudden there is a tour. Then there was another statement by the Republicans on the Committee on House Administration saying there was nobody in any MAGA hats. And all of a sudden you can see stills of the footage there are the people in MAGA hats. So we see steadily, even down to these minute details, assertion after assertion being complicated. And they lay out why they believe, contra the Capitol Police, this is suspicious. For example, on January 5th, there weren't supposed to be any tours, the committee notes in their letter. And they have laid it out in a three-page letter that's embedded in the article. You're Listeners can read it at the bottom of it. They can see the footage that the January 6th committee had issued along with it. And it is pretty explosive stuff. Yeah. And and also, we you know, now we have Hugo Lowell reporting that this guy was on a Make America Great bus that came up from Georgia and stopped in South Carolina. Unsure uh, I am uh, as of yet who funded those buses, but I guess it was these were buses of louder milk constituents. And so I'm trying to game it out in my head. Like you're louder milk. You find out you help or know that buses of your constituents are coming up for January 6th for the rally on the ellipse. And so you are asked to give a tour by, I guess, strangers, I maybe someone, you know, uh, someone who was told to contact you. I'm not sure. But then, you know, additionally to them not having tours at that time because of COVID, the Congress people themselves generally don't give the tours to to people unless they're big donors, VIPs, stuff like that. It's usually these tours are given by staffers. So why was he individually involved in that? And, I, you know, I'm just I can't game it out in, in a, any reasonable way that keeps his hands completely clean. It just doesn't make any sense. Mm. Well, as I mentioned earlier, the other wrinkle that the January 6th committee latched on to is the fact that there, the Capitol was closed to the public that day. Reached out, of course, to Loudermilk's office, and he sent out a statement. And he's, of course, playing it down. He's saying that this was a visit with constituents and the Capitol Police determined it wasn't suspicious. This is a quote from his statement. Uh, the pictures show children holding bags from the house gift shop, which was open to visitors and taking pictures of the Rayburn train. The We've also seen still frames of visitors who appear to be taking photographs of darkened stairways. The committee is pointing out that there were photo moments that don't seem to be typical tourist attractions, that they were recorded. Yeah, and that's the... That's the Rayburn stairwell. And and Zoe Lofgren just told MSNBC that's the stairwell she was escorted. That's the tunnel she was escorted out of the next day. And then that guy, by the way, that Hitler haircut guy, 
he has four phones on him. He's taking pictures with multiple phones of that stairwell. And of course, Loudermilk says, well, there's a really cool gold eagle sconce in that stairwell. Mm -hmm. And it's just it keeps getting weirder and weirder. And so I'm trying to figure out, you know, we're all trying to sit here and game out where this is going. But I can't help but think about the release today from the Department of Justice in a filing in the Proud Boys case of the 1776 returns document, which lists in it that the plan is to occupy Cannon, Rayburn, Longworth. Is it Longworth? Yeah, no, that is the one. And it's actually very interesting because I believe that was in the case of Zachary Rell. And interestingly enough, that wasn't a, as I understand it, that was a defense filing. And the whole, and it, it, speaks to some of the oddity of all of this. Wait, because, well, his defense is we didn't we weren't planning on going into the Capitol. Look, our our 1776 plan here is to occupy the other government buildings, these targeted buildings, make our demands known and, you know, overthrow the government. But, you know, (laughs) we we won't talk about that. But that was the plan that that Tario was texting Bertino, Jeremy Bertino, about Mm -hmm. on January 6th when he said the Winter Palace. And he's like, yeah, 1776, motherfuckers. So this is, and then we got Bobert tweeting seven, today is 1776, and she was managing Capitol Tours in December. And so it's just like, what? Things are just a little hmm, weird. Right. And one of the targeted buildings on that 1776 returns list was CNN, and this was a notation, at least egg doorway, you know, as yeah. if this required yeah. a sense of planning, lest they forget that they wanted to egg the doorway of this cable news network. Um, They memorialize that in this document. So we're now seeing very different pieces of the puzzle come together. As you noted, these office buildings were part of the targeted buildings, explicitly labeled as such, targeted buildings. So (laughs) I don't believe that, as we've seen before, and I think as we've discussed before, This is not the only elected official. The January 6th committee is turning the heat on. I don't imagine that he will be the last. And I think we'll be picking apart how Representative Liz Cheney and Adam Kinzinger are making their colleagues very uncomfortable on their own side of the aisle. Yeah. And now we're seeing this sort of uh, gamesmanship where They'll drop a hint and wait for the person to deny it and then come out with massive evidence against their denial. Mm-hmm. So it's got to be now. I'm, I think that that could chill some of these uh, targets, you know, to defend themselves. Like, oh, what do they have on me? You know, look what they released on Loudermilk and his tours. But yeah, it's very we're going to be very interested to find out who authored the 1776 returns document, how Tario got it. Apparently he got it from a female. I don't know if that's Amy Harris or someone else. And then uh, we don't know who authored it. And then, of course, wondering, too, if Loudermilk is one of the people who called the White House and asked for a pardon. So there's just so many things that have to be considered. So many pieces of evidence I think the committee has and will be releasing. And then I love, I have to say, Adam, these little in-between teasers that the committee is coming out with this video of, of Hirschman saying, you know, get yourself a fucking criminal defense attorney mm-hmm. and a good one. You're going to need it to John Eastman about the hearing that's going to take place 
tomorrow, which is today for for everyone listening. And that got 100,000 likes and counting and growing. What congressional tweet ever gets 100,000 likes? So I'm very encouraged by the, I guess, the the interaction, the media, the people being into it, the American people being into what what's going on and what's being revealed. Mm, right. And I think that uh, that has been the case in between hearings, just seeding the next hearing. And we are to the hearing that is coming up, of course, is going to look into the pressure campaign into Mike Pence and the efforts that were trying to get him to block the certification of Joe Biden's victory. And so I, I doubt this will be the last time something emerges and news breaks in between the hearing that co- that essentially colors the hearing ahead. Yeah, I, I, I'm assuming that there is a plan. There is mm-hmm. a social media plan. I have a social media plan for my podcast network, so I can't imagine that the committee <laughs> wouldn't also have one. So thank you so much. I need everyone to go and, and Google the January 6th committee releases footage of tour led by Georgia Republican day before the attack on the U.S. Capitol by Adam Klasfeld in Law and Crime. It's a really incredible thing to follow and follow uh, Adam at Klasfeld Reports on Twitter. You will not be sorry. I appreciate your time today, my friend. Thank you for having me. Everybody stick around. We'll be right back. Hey, everyone. Today's episode is brought to you by Thuma. They make beautiful stuff at Thuma. I'm in love with it. I've been thinking about reinventing my entire bedroom with Thuma. You know, I recently gutted the whole house. I just kind of, we just sort of leave our bedrooms alone. You know, we think remodel, we think kitchen, we think bathroom. But there's so much you can do with Thuma in your bedroom. The minimalist aesthetic is it's amazing. And you know I'm a mid-mod person. And Thuma's less is more design philosophy for the bedroom. It has clean lines, subtle curves, and lifestyle-enhancing details that are the perfect fit for me in my bedroom. Uh, my favorite item is the bed by Thuma. It's handcrafted from eco-friendly, high-quality, and this is important, upcycled wood. There's beautiful, unique variations in the natural grain of the wood. It adds a special something to it. It's all individual. And the minimalist design featuring Japanese joinery helps elevate any space. It's supportive of your mattress. It's breathable. It doesn't take it doesn't make any noise. And it's beautiful. It opens up the space. It helps the room breathe. The bed by Thuma is backed with a lifetime warranty. It ships right to your door in three boxes, and it takes only about five minutes to assemble with no tools required. And along with the bed, Thuma offers other bedroom essentials. Um, The nightstand, the side table and the tray, which are excellent complements to the bed. They all match and they're beautiful. Create that feeling of checking into your favorite boutique hotel suite, but at home with the bed by Thuma. And now you can go to thuma.co slash beans and use code beans to receive a $25 credit towards your purchase of the bed, plus free shipping in the continental U.S. That's Thuma, T-H-U-M-A dot C-O slash beans, and then enter beans at checkout for $25 credit and free shipping in the continental U.S. That's thuma.co slash beans and enter code beans. Welcome back. It's time for the good news. Who likes good news? Good news, good news. And if you have good news, confessions, corrections, what the mutt, find the cat, messed up song lyrics, misheard song lyrics, anything you want to send us, Halloween pictures, uh, pictures of your pod pets, whatever you want to send, you can do it by going to dailybeanspod.com and clicking on contact. Uh, Dana, I'm going to kick us off with a submission from Christine, no pronouns given. 
Beautiful women, when discussing reproductive rights, please consider using more precise language. Pro-forced pregnancy or pro-forced birth places the focus on the pregnant person's body being hijacked. Similarly, the 14th Amendment is the Citizen When Born Amendment, and the Second Amendment is the Militia Amendment. As a community college professor, I also insist that active shooter drills are called practice dying. It matters what we call a thing. It matters even more when the speaker is worth listening to, such as our dearest Leguminati. Pod pet tax. This forever tiny rescue is Abby. Oh. After soccer star Abby Wambach, with one of my metal sculptures, diptych of gold of old gears. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. And thank you, Christine. What a great picture. I am going to do my best, Christine, but that is very, very, very difficult sometimes. But I do understand, as you know, I've talked about the importance of language and, you know, for like discussions, Dana, you and I have had with Mary Trump about not being afraid to use the F word, fascism. And so, I, you know, I'll do my best. A lot of times we are quoting other reporters, um, but I'll, I'll try to make that known a little more often. And I appreciate the input. Yeah, I'm not sure if it was the same writer, but someone sent me a message and I, I'd have to go back and look at the name. So I would keep them anonymous anyway. But the, it sounds familiar. And when we were using the term homophobic, there was a suggestion, I believe it was to use anti-gay or anti-LGBTQ because they're not homophobic. They're just assholes. No one's yeah, afraid. They're not, they're not yeah. scared, right? Exactly. So I have a feeling it might be the same amazing human. And we appreciate the feedback for sure. Unless they're scared of the fact that they're gay. That's probably, well, that's internalized homophobia for sure. Mm. This is from Pam, pronoun she and her. Hello, Beans friends. I don't know how it took me so long to find your podcast, but so glad I did. I look forward every day to listening. I just wanted to take the time to say thank you for being you. I love to listen to AG and DG share the daily news and the good news. When COVID first hit, my wife and I thought about adopting another dog. Mm. We have two rescues already. We decided rather than rescue another, we would help many others to be rescued. We started working with Underdogs Rock Rescue, fostering dogs to help them find forever homes. I'm grateful my wife works from home, so we are able to do this. We have nine fosters right now that have, oh, we have nine fosters now that have found their forever homes. Very cute with the forever. It has been very hard to let them go because we fall in love with them all, but we are so happy to help them find their people. I'm attaching photos of our own rescues, Ladybug and Bella five and six respectively. Can you guess their breeds? Thank you for being a breath of fresh air in my day. Pam, thank you oh, so much. This looks like, like a Vishla, Vishla Chihuahua. Beagle Chihuahua. <laughs> oh, oh there's this. a Korg. There's a Corgi in there for sure. Oh my God, the Corgi is cute. Oh, it looks like a Corgi Shepherd mix. I know, right? And a and Pitbull Chihuahua? Pit, Pitbull Dachshund? I don't that's amazing. Oh. The third picture changed everything for us. Oh, it's a wiener pit. Oh, we've like got answers. Mom. Oh, okay, cool. Ladybug is a pitbull chihuahua. We were right. Oh, and Bella's a corgi shepherd mix. <laughs> this is the first guess the mutt we've ever gotten 100% on. I mean, it was sort of easier, but I'm still that proud of us. That third picture made all the difference. <laughs> we didn't even throw in chow chow this time because we knew better. Amazing. Amazing. Well done, my friend. I All right, I'm going to grab the next two here. You got Kathleen, uh, Kathleen, pronouns she and her. Uh, hey, my favorite explainers and most excellent beans queens. I just dropped to offer my find the cat. Not a broomstick, but does Stella have murder on her mind? Yes, oh Stella God. does. Look at that. That's awesome. And very, very cool dinette. By the I way. was going to say I love mid-century modern. Me too. And from Barbie, I'm a listener since the early MSW days. Here's what my border collie, Edith, thinks of. 
uh, right wingers. <laughs> that is a good eye roll right there. Oh, oh. and then the yawn at the end. I love it. Oh, so great. That and was a short. That's okay. That was a short and sweet good news segment. I loved it. Yes, please send in more photos. And if you have wiener pits or chihuahua pits or um, corgi shepherd, oh my god, what a great guest so, that was! Right. Thank Anything you. Anything you want to send in to us. Um, if you're fostering, if you've got adoptable pets in your area that need homes, you can send those in for pet tax too. We accept that. And um, that's that's it for today from D.C., D.C. and L.A. We're yeah, D.C. and L.A. We are bi-coastal. Do you have any final thoughts? I do not. Just send love to everybody. I also send love to everybody. And uh, until tomorrow, it's going to be an interesting day. Everyone, please take care of yourselves. Take care of each other. Take care of the planet. Take care of your mental health. And vote blue over Q. I've been A.G. And I've been D.G. And them's the beans. The Daily Beans is written and executive produced by Allison Gill with additional research and reporting by Dana Goldberg and Amy Carrero. Sound design and editing is by Desiree McFarlane with art and web design by Joel Reeder with Moxie Design Studios. Music for The Daily Beans is written and performed by They Might Be Giants and the show is a proud member of the MSW Media Network, a collection of creator-owned podcasts dedicated to news, politics, and justice. For more information, please visit mswmedia.com. MSW Media. <laughs>